Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody, wherever you're watching live. And hello to the replay viewers. And hello, Gemma. Hey. How are you this evening? We did better than last time. We got through the answer. <laughs> oh, not too bad. Not too bad. And how's everybody in the comments section? If we see Jason. Hello, Jason. Thanks for the awards. Hey, um, hello. Hello, Ella. And hello, everybody coming on in. We've got a fun episode tonight. I was looking forward to this one. Um, what, what, what? Nothing. Sorry. Oh, okay. We're going to laugh the whole episode. Uh, we got a good friend of, of, of mine tonight on the show, uh, Mr. Joseph Burke. He's a... Uh, He's very active in the art community all around and the co-host of season three of Hap Stars. Um, met this guy back in August, well, probably a little before that, but we really started uh, a friendship up over some on-screen art challenges uh, that we've gone over on the show here before. Um, but just an all-around great guy. He's got a great story, and we're uh, excited to have him on the show tonight. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring him on the screen. Say hello to Mr. Joseph Burke. Oh, don't. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on there. There you go. You, here you you can you can you can I'm just messing with you guys. Just teasing. You guys can just stare at my infinity star field all night and we can just ooh. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm just messing wow. with you. It's so pretty. So pretty. It is. How What's are you up, this man? evening? Dude, as we always say in regions and parts where I'm originally from, finer than a frog hair split three ways. Uh, went with that one. I, it was either gonna be that one or too blessed to be stressed, right? Yeah, either one. And you never know. It's like rolling the dice. You just don't know what you're going to get. But yeah, man. Uh, what's up, Ella? What's up, Retta? Hey, How Retta. are you guys doing? Oh, my gosh. Look at the chat. Jason. Hi, guys. It's good and to see Ella, you all thank tonight. you for the teamwork award. Um, as always, guys, thanks very much for all the awards and support. We greatly appreciate it here. Um, so, Joseph. Yo, welcome to the mental health hour, man. I tell you, I appreciate the invite. Uh, we booked this well over a month ago. I think Gemma had reached out to me and, um, it's been a, a while in the making, but I, I'm, I want to say you, you guys postponed this two hours to what you normally would have scheduled. You, you guys would have went live two hours ago, but because of my wife's busy, crazy, hectic work schedule as a registered nurse, and and that and having some family time, I really want to say thank you for uh, bumping it back just two hours for me. I really do appreciate Absolutely. that. I'm, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, we uh, we're, we're always uh, open to moving the show around. Gemma's the one that's uh, got it a little bit late tonight, but she's usually up anyway. Right, Gemma? Uh, yeah, I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> what is it like? Two a.m. over there. Uh, ten past one. Okay, not too bad. But okay. Not too, too bad. Okay. Not, not terrible. So, 
Yes. We we are talking about <clears throat> your diagnoses. Many. As, as any you know person out there, not just Joseph's diagnoses. But uh, he's got a great story as well. We're going to crack right into it so we can uh, make sure we use the most of the time here. Um, I reached out to you as I do all of our guests coming on the show and asked, what is, what is your uh, topic of passion you know, mm. when it comes to the mental health side of life? And you immediately came back with, with this show topic. Uh, mm. what, what is it about this that really speaks with you? You know, your diagnoses, your illness, whatever it is, there, there comes a point in life when you, you've really had all that you can have physically and mentally. You've been at the bottom. You've been at the top. But when you're at the bottom and you really have nowhere else to look but up, you kind of are empowered by this, by this idea, by this thing. Because a lot of times we like to put ourselves in the middle of a box and that box is surrounded by the four walls and those four walls are is the prison that we create for ourselves whether that is our mental illness whether that is our diagnosis whether that is our chronic illnesses that we have to live with we somehow unconsciously really without even thinking about it make an agreement with ourselves and that agreement is well, I'm born a hemophiliac. This is me. I was born with hemophilia. And I'm automatically, that means these four walls in this box is defining me. And the reality of the situation is your spirit, your heart, that urgency to just be passionate about everything that you do, it shouldn't define you. And I mean, it, 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 it does define you, but your illness shouldn't define you rather. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times we conceptualize this and we make agreements with ourselves, whether we like it or not. And those agreements are the very things that kind of cripple us, not to use that word uh, in terms of a derogatory matter, but they cripple us from our true potential. And so when you think about your diagnosis doesn't define your illness, doesn't define you. For me, it's kind of an empowering way to kind of help my mind go a 180. It's like when I'm having a bad day and I'm having chronic pain and I'm having issues with me, with myself physically, and I'm always reminding myself, you know what, Joe, this is momentary. This is just here for a season. It does not define you. It does not define your worth. It does not define your value. Just because you live with this codependently on this illness that doesn't mean it's the end of the road. And so for me, it's, it's, it's kind of scaling back those four walls, those agreements that we make with ourselves. And a lot of times, a lot of people will live the majority of their life with an agreement that they don't even realize that they've made to themselves. And it's, it's, it's just dampening their true potential. And you're, you're, you were designed to do so much more. The ability and the, the human mind, the human spirit is so complex, but we were designed to be more, to do more. And that is the idea behind you are not defined by your illness. Yes. Wow. Um, so many things uh, that you already got into that we're, we're going to 
try and break into all of that tonight. Um, oh, yeah. Gemma, did you have anything uh, in the uh, early stages here? Um, no, I can relate because I, I feel like I'm just collecting lists of diagnosis and it can get, like you said, it can, it feels like you're getting trapped by it. And mm -hmm. every time there's another one added, it's just like, come on now. I've, I've literally told the doctors, unless I need to know, I don't want to know anymore. Because it's just, it gets right. exhausted and it can take over you. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's something that's kind of relatively new to myself. Hi, Jim. Thanks for the super hard Hey, Jim. Award. How are you, man? Welcome in, everybody. Hattie, uh, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, it's it's relatively new to me as of this past year and a half, almost two years. Uh, it, it feels like the... My buddy Colin Porter just subscribed. Love you, Colin. Oh, thank you, Colin. Welcome, welcome in. Um, all of the um, diagnoses were kind of piling up on me this past two years as well. So yeah. learning how to manage, learning how to deal with uh, the, the idea of it... Um, Everybody kind of knows where I was standing. Um, let's kind of break into you a little bit. Like, can you give mm -hmm. us a little backstory, whatever you feel comfortable with, uh, obviously, and, uh, you know, start wherever. And uh, well, I mean, it, it, it's very complex background and I'm sharing, I'm showing a picture here on the side. Um, uh, this is when I was extremely sick and very ill in the hospital. And um, there's a bracelet that I'm wearing that says hope for hemophilia. And, um, you know, it, it just constant, simple reminders, but I, I've, I've had my fair share. And just to give you kind of a, a, a very quick rundown version of what I've been through, I was born with hemophilia, which is a blood clotting disorder. Okay. That means that my body and my system does not clot properly. And so in order to treat this, I had uh, my mom and dad at a very early age up until probably I was about six months old, had to begin taking me to the hospital for these infusions that would allow me to clot normally. And so this product is actually back in the eighties was made from human blood donors. And so and for Joe to be able to clot like a normal person, I had to infuse this, what they call factor eight really quick. Let's, let's break down some science and get the science out of the way. In your sure. body, in every human body, we have 12 factor proteins. Those factor proteins come together to form a clot, the basis of a clot, the basis of healing. Those proteins mm -hmm. include platelets, red blood cells, all of that stuff, white blood cells, all of that stuff to come together to begin the healing process. Well, factor eight in hemophiliacs, there's factor eight and factor nine deficient uh, bleeding disorder patients. And I happen to be factor eight deficient. Which, all right, so why is that a big deal? All right, so why if, why factor eight? What does it mean? Factor eight happens to be the glue that binds all 12 together. So without the glue, you have a very longer duration of trying to clot and heal. So it doesn't mean I'm going to bleed like a water hose. It does mean I have to hold pressure probably 30 to 45 minutes just to get a nick or a scrape stopped bleeding. Um, and so gotcha. infusing, um, in the eighties ended up kind of really screwing me over because what happened was, remember when I said that that product was human blood donors, mm -hmm. well, that product was riddled with 
with the AIDS virus back in the day. And so at age two, I became co-infected with both HIV and hepatitis C. Uh, not one, but both. And that particular term in the medical world is called co-infection. That means when one host has two different viral components in one body. And so, um, so I live my whole life being this. I mean, as a matter of fact, this December the 3rd, uh, coming up in just a few weeks, just three weeks, I will be 40 years HIV positive. So uh, let that sink in. Um, so right off the bat, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gravitas there, uh, to try to, to, to digest and, 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 and to, to understand. Um, but if you fast forward through the twenties and through my thirties and now currently, uh, Joe is doing well in 2014, I was on a brand new drug therapy, uh, that treated my hepatitis C and ultimately cured me of hepatitis C, which I no longer have that anymore. Thank you, God. Um, so I lived 30 years of my life with a virus attacking my liver. And the amazing, astounding thing, and I still can't wrap my head around this today, is there was one-tenth liver damage done in 30 years. And that one-tenth after I got cured where your, your liver is the only organ in your body, by the way, that can rejuvenate itself. I didn't know if anybody knew that, but your heart can't, your lungs can't, your eyes can't, nothing else, but your liver can self-heal. And so um, my liver within a year and a half healed 100%. Uh, so all the damage that was done 30 years within one year, it was all mm -hmm. reclaimed back, normal labs, everything. That's awesome. But... Um, Currently for HIV, I'm on a uh, drug called Bictarvy. That's B-I-K-T-A-R-V-Y for those that want to get out there and Google on the replay. Um, so I take one pill a day. Uh, that used to be 38 pills a day. Um, wow. So it was very crazy in the mid-90s when, when, when um, HIV therapy came out. They call it HART, H-A-R-R-T, Highly Active Retroviral Therapy. Um, so I went from 38 current day to one. And so the big thing that I'm suffering with now is chronic pain from the damage that's been done to my joints over the years of just hit living with hemophilia and the chronic mm -hmm. pain sometimes becomes so unbearable. It kind of takes me to some dark places mentally and psychologically. And uh, that's where the anxiety and the mental health and, and just yeah. having to check and balance myself constantly. And, um, you know, you probably heard me just say his joints. How does his joints and hemophilia correspond, right? You, you, a lot of people that aren't familiar with the bleeding disorder may not understand that. Really quick, in your body, everybody's joint, whether it's your knee, your shoulder, your ankle, your elbow, there is a membrane that surrounds that joint. It's called the synovium. The synovium inside of that has synovial fluid. Synovial fluid is a fluid that allows your body and your joints to move effortlessly. Okay? Around the synovial membrane is thousands, if not multiple millions of thousands, tiny little capillaries. 
that feed into the synovial fluid that takes out the old and supplies the nutrients and everything like that. Well, when we overexert ourselves as a severe hemophiliac, those capillaries rupture inside the joint and the joint will swell three to four times its normal size. Now, Tim, you know about this from some September, you got to see firsthand what a mm-hmm. massive, massive, I would say level five DEFCON five bleed would look like on my hand. Uh, Tim got to that's, see that. That's right. Yes. And so it took me four, five weeks just to recover from that. But hemophilia affects you in that way. And so you have joint injury after joint injury and you can't help it. It doesn't matter. Something as simple as walking can just literally compound it. And so I'll show you something. I don't normally show this when I'm streaming. You always just see my desk or my hands or my mm-hmm. art, but I'm going to show you my elbow. All right. So <clears throat> this is my elbow and you can see I have muscle atrophy really bad. And so I'm going to, this is maximum extension of my elbow. I cannot extend it beyond that. This is maximum bringing it in. So from there to there, that's it. So it's extremely painful. So you guys will never see that. You'll never see me. I'm very self-conscious about it. It's something I don't show everybody. And uh, I don't try to hide it, but at the same time, it's not something that defines me. I let my art and the things that I do define me. So, and so you've seen my knee, Tim, so you know what that looks like. Um, But I want to show you guys a quick x-ray. And you guys will see kind of like what has happened over the years with my knee. So here is a quick example of... This is an actual x-ray from two and a half years ago. So if you're looking on the right-hand side of this x-ray, you'll see my left leg. My left leg, you see the normal spacing between the joint. you got your uh, patella, you got your fibia, tibia, and you've got normal spacing for that joint to move freely, right? There's a, there's a good probably quarter inch between the, the two bones there. So on the left-hand side would be my right knee. And so my right knee is extremely damaged. The, uh, the actual top, the, uh, the tibia bone is grown inward 30 degrees and it's, there is no spacing and you can see all the white right there. That is actually bone on bone and fragments of bone here. I'm going to enhance this so you guys can see this. So there's fragments of bones that do grind on each other. So every time I walk my, my, you can literally hear me walking. I'm, I'm not a person that can creep up on somebody and scare you because you can literally hear me coming five rooms away. Um, mm. It's, it's wow. pretty crazy. So that's what I live with every day. And that gives you some little bit of an idea about mm. where the chronic pain comes from. And so um, it, 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 it does take a toll on me though, psychologically and mentally. There are days where I just, I can't get out of the bed, dude. It's just, it's hard. It's, it's, it's so challenging to just try to motivate this mass of molecules in a vertical and upright position because your body just as, as your body rests at night, it's, it's your, your body subsides to a point to where it's, it's totally relaxed. And then you try to get up and you're walking around and it's just like, so painful. So normal things for me may definitely not be normal things for you. Um, even 
and I'm not going to take this any, any darker, but just simple things like even going to the restroom can become a little bit complicated sometimes. Um, so, um, it's challenging. It really is. And, you know, there's a lot of weight pressed on my wife's shoulders because she, um, she helps me more than anybody. Um, she even does in my infusion sometimes when I can't reach the vein uh, because I'm having an elbow issue or something. But, um, I've known for the, for the short time I've known you, I know how highly you speak of your wife. Um, She's pretty awesome, dude. She's definitely number one. Um, I, unfortunately I can't speak, uh, as much to the chronic pain side of things, but I know Gemma knows a little something about that. Mm -hmm. If you want. Yeah. Um, I can relate with the bone thing. I've got Ellis Danlos syndrome and I get joint dislocations. So I hear you with the, uh, can't sneak into a room kind of thing. Um, (laughs) I don't know how it works there with the pain, but I'm on fentanyl prescribed. Mm-hmm. Biggest, I wish I'd have known then what I know now about it because, but how, yeah, yeah, it's it, addictive, difficult. Um. it's difficult and addictive, very, very addictive. But just to be able to be a mom, I have yeah. to have something because, like, certainly without a child, I would have given that up and tried something else maybe but I can't function without it and as a result of having that level of pain medication I've also become highly addicted to it and I know I have because on day three when I need to change the patches I'm terribly twitchy and it's it's terrible but I can relate to with them I mean that it's pretty painful I'm not anything like that but oh god I can't imagine what you're going through with the pain, but thank you so much for sharing it. Yes. Oh, th- thank you I'm for not... sharing and being transparent about I'd your, like your to, story uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd like to uh, thank you as well, especially for exactly how uh, open you're being. It's just, it's, it's, this is an amazing uh, platform for, you know, everybody that comes in every week. I, I, I tout uh, how awesome you, the viewers, are as well. We, we've had very little in 25 episodes now. We've had very little issue with any kind of comments that you know. Everybody keeps it so respectful, and um, yeah. this really has become like a safe space. So, and I, I appreciate that. I know our guests do. But yeah. um, welcome in. Uh, if you're just joining us, just jumping in. This is Mr. Joseph Burke. Uh, we are talking tonight about diagnoses that you may get in your travels in life and how they don't define you. And, and Joseph, you said two things earlier when we were talking um, on messaging that I really liked, uh, and I wrote them down to go over them. Maybe you can uh, shed some more light on uh, when, when you were talking about looking beyond the reflection in the mirror and um, how that's really just distorted from reality. Mm. also uh how the past is is the past you know and we can't ever change that um don't keep you said don't keep staring in the rear view mirror mm. can you break yeah. that down for <clears throat> yeah man I, I that's 
that's definitely some amazing mottos that I try to live myself by. And before I answer that, I'm going to answer Ella's question over here. She's one of your active sponsors. And she asked me, how do I bring myself out of the dark place? Um, that is a really good question as well. Um, Ella, a lot of prayer and a lot of just surrounding myself with as much positivity as I can in the moments of my worst and most weakest moments, my most vulnerable moments. And um, so um, that looks like me maybe getting on haps at 11 o'clock at night and drawing or, um, you know, me uh, just opening up the scriptures and reading. Uh, you know, I, I love a lot of Paul's writings in the scriptures because I relate to Paul because he was a very flawed individual. He had a lot of he had a lot of thorns in his side. He had a lot of things he had to overcome, but yet he was one of the ones that was chosen. And so uh, speaking about the rear view mirrors, you know, anytime it's, it's just a really awesome visual imagery. Whenever we're driving down the road, you know, you always have to stare ahead. It's almost like tunnel vision because you have to keep looking forward. But if you, if you, if you take your eyes off of the windshield too long and you're staring in the rear view mirror, at some point you're going to crash into something or you're going to, do something very more, even more harmful to yourself. Mm -hmm. the, the, the beauty of that is folks that we're not meant to be looking in the rear view mirrors of our lives constantly, because all we're going to see is this distortment, disfigurement, our flaws, our weaknesses. It's good to look at that sometimes and examine ourselves because I know some days I'll look in the mirror and I don't like the guy staring back at me. That's mm -hmm. just being, that's just me. I'm like, who the heck are you? Why are you doing this? You know, there's just days I just I just don't even want to look at myself in the mirror because, you know, there's 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 this there's this gravitas, there's this weight uh, uh, that I'm going through. But at the same time, you know, what 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 the Bible tells me, what my friends tell me and, and everything else is I can't be staring in that rearview mirror my whole life. And sometimes we just have to shatter that mirror. And it's okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's peeling back the layers of the onion. It's tearing down the walls of the agreements that we've made with ourselves. And there's, there is healing in that, folks. Let me tell you, um, when you can get to a point in your life and your walk and you can sit there and look at yourself and you know what, you know the wounds that you have, you know the weaknesses that you have, and you know the agreements that you've made with yourself. Sometimes we make agreements with our wives. We don't even know it or our spouses. And those agreements actually will come back to bite us in the butt because we, the things that we expect our spouses to do and be are not in reality what's going to be happening. And, you know, Do you understand what I'm saying here? We have mm -hmm. to keep charging forward. We have to keep charging ahead. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like you think about when Paul was in prison and he was writing literally half of the New Testament in prison. And there was this Roman guard standing right beside him at all times, making sure he does not try to escape. But Paul is writing about Ephesians 6.13 to put on the full armor of God so you can defile the schemes of the devil. So when you think about a Spartan warrior, a Roman guard, um, what is one thing that I'm going to ask you and I'm going to ask the chat? What is one thing about a, that old school armor that is very symbolic, but at the same time, what don't you see on the back of the warrior? shield well the shields in the front right yeah. mm. but what's what is what is protecting the guard on the back what's protecting the warrior on the back there's nothing is it nothing you know why nothing. Mm. 
we're, we're meant to be charging ahead, not mm -hmm. retreating. So when you think about it in the context of that and the rear view mirror, we're not supposed to be living life in the past. We're living life ahead, you know, and, you know, I, I know you guys aren't a religious thing, but I have to share this because I told you I did a little homework. So this is mm -hmm. a Philippians 4, 8. One of my favorite scriptures, if you guys are out there. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, ever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard or is seen in me, put those things into practice. And so I think it's kind of fitting for what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Because, very much. I mean, you hear that, whatever is right. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, think about such things. And so that's where I get a lot of my strength from. You know, when I'm at my weakest, I will go to the scriptures, I'll listen to music, I'll draw, I'll paint, I'll do something. And so hopefully that was a very long explanation for your question, Tim. I'm so no. sorry. But, no, I love it. Um that was those two those two statements that you made. I wrote them down. I tried to write them down almost verbatim um, because I wanted to go over just that. Um, they're very powerful mm. in themselves. Um, and for somebody yeah. that um, where it seems like it, it stacks up on you in life to keep that yeah. mentality is something very special. And I, I believe Gemma kind of rolls with that as well. Um, as we lose her, <laughs> uh, she'll be back. <laughs> she'll be back. She'll be back. Um, but uh, continuing on with that, with, with everything kind of stacking up on you, um, was there, was there anything, well, can you tell us anything for somebody that, uh, might just be starting down this path, mm. uh, of getting a couple of, uh, of, uh, diagnoses stacking up on them um wh where did you start like what what did it look like for you in the beginning um i gotta be in be honest in the beginning i i was a loner i i had nobody to lean on i had nobody to fall back on i was living with my mom and dad up until i was around 25 years old and you can't go to your parents all the time and vent your frustrations, especially, you know, when you reach a certain age of maturity, you can't, you just can't. And man, I got to tell you, there was a community that if it wasn't for this community, I don't think Joe would be here today. I can tell you that much right now. I graduated from college in 2001. And right after that, I found the Blue Man Group. Now, Blue Man Group became, for me, a way of escapism because Blue Man was this theatrical production. I was interested in music. I, was, I wasn't listening to the pop music of the time in the, in the late 90s and the early 2000s. I wasn't into that. I was listening to, to Tangerine Dream, Enigma, Vangelis. You know, I was broadening my mind to some of these amazing artists out there. And so I was experimenting in sounds and music of my own and we're going to get to that here in a minute sure. um but i was experimenting with music in my own way because i was raised in a musical house my father taught me to play the piano and so blue man group had this this music that i just can't explain it it 
not only is the show comedy, but the show is about self-discovery and awareness as well. A lot of people don't understand that. They think it's just three ball blue dead guys on stage just throwing paint at you. It's really <laughs> not. The core essence of Blue Man Group is bringing out the inner child in everyone, whether you're eight years old or 88 years old. And mm -hmm. there's beauty in that when you can make someone feel like their their inner child is 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 that that portal is opening up the walls are coming down the mirror is being shattered and just for those two hours the world outside the doors of that theater are gone and you're captivated by the music the sound the rhythm of the drums just literally pounding you in the chest with every tribal percussion rudiment you're feeling it it's tangible and for me, that was something that I gravitated to was theater. And that's when I began working for the Blue Man Group around 2005. And so well, late 2004, early 2005. And so I was all over the place with Blue Man. But the community that is surrounded from Blue Man Group are the ones that really, truly embraced me. Because where I was afraid to tell everybody in my hometown that, hey, I'm Joe Burke. And I've got HIV. I've got hemophilia. I've got hepatitis C. Instead of having that weight of being the fear of being judged by my peers and my classmates and, and the, those people that I saw in church every Sunday, Blue Man Group gave me the freedom to just walk in it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go around with the flag saying, this is what I have. This is who it is. This is where I'm going. Just mellow in it and be it, you know? Yes. Yeah, you are this. Yeah, you okay. were born with that. Okay, what are you going to do about it? You know, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> and so, how I've been trying to spend this last, you know, two years. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what the heck are you going to do about it? And so Blue Man Group for me was the tribe. That became my tribe. And in that became an, another 250 people surrounding that from all of the world, from from Amsterdam to Norway, to Florida, to California, even Tokyo, Japan. Um, a lot of my friends uh, in the Blue Man Group family became my extended family, people that I could lean on, people that I can mm -hmm. share my burdens and my heartaches with, and people that had open ears to listen and wouldn't judge. That was the best thing. You know, they're just, mm -hmm. okay, you know, well, it looks like Joe needs a hug today. Let's give Joe a hug <laughs> and let's love on him. And then let's give him a couple of drumsticks and throw him up on stage and see what happens. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You know, that's awesome. So that's where I was at, and that's what I was doing. And then fast forward to today, the tribe, the the diagnosis doesn't change, but the tribe does. So at mm. some point, you have to find yourself a new tribe. And my new tribe is people that you see me surrounding myself with online all the time. And that would be Carrie, that'd be Troy, that'd be Lindsey Badger, Tim Conrad, Jeremy Stoltz. Native Graffiti, all these amazing people uh, that are just truly awesome and um, amazing individual. Desiree, can't forget Des, but um, just amazing people. And so it's the true. times may change, the thing may change, the tribe may change, but the core of what it is, it doesn't. You know, it, it, you have to find someone to 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 rally behind, to have someone in your in your section to cheer and spur you on. And for me, for someone who is just being diagnosed, you've got that doctor's report. They called you up and they told you something that you really didn't want to hear. Mm. 
Find yourself a tribe. Find yourself someone. Find yourself something to gravitate to, whether it's Marvel Comics, whether it's mm-hmm. anime, whether it's cooking or crafts or pottery or exactly. art or music, something. And in, in one of those things, you'll start finding a tribe. I guarantee it. Yes. I mean, that's excellent advice. Uh, um, Gemma, mm-hmm. would you agree? Uh, you, you, I was trying to throw it to you a little earlier. Um, I'm sorry. I'm talking too much. I'll shut up. No, absolutely not. This is 100% your hour on the mental health hour. And, um, Hey Peter, we absolutely love it when, when guests are, are this open to sharing. Um, it makes the job so much easier. And, uh, You've got such a um, a way of words, uh, and it's just nice to uh, to hear all these different viewpoints on. Well, it's on... it's it's the pastor coming out of me. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Thank you again, I... everybody. Welcome in uh, for all the awards and uh, and for all the support. Uh, but Gemma, uh, you you were one that has also had uh, a few illnesses just kind of stockpile on you um mm-hmm. uh well first you know what do you think about what joseph's just just shared with us there about um getting getting by coping for the most part but also um what is it that you find that you could share with with somebody that would be going mm. down this path um well I know you said a few episodes ago that that was the one that got you. This is the one that got me because I can relate to the looking back thing. I've spent Mm. a great deal of my life looking back at things that I can't change. Mm. I wish I could, but I can't now. So you just have to plow on through it. There's a lot that I wish I could change in my life, but I'm trying still to figure out the whole just keep going forward thing. So that got me. I really felt that because um, I'm I'm far from there. But in relation to the diagnosis thing, the only thing I found helpful now is like at first when I when I was given a diagnosis, I'd go and look it up. I'd be on the internet trying to find out everything I could. And it is so not helpful. And within 20 minutes, you fear, you realize that, oh, my God, I'm dying. I'm not going to wake up in the morning. I am a carcass. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So don't yeah. do that. Absolutely. Yeah, don't do don't. that. Don't do the that. The old internet, Dr. Google to the rescue. Yeah. Good old WebMD. <laughs> <laughs> don't, yeah, don't do that. But then something else I found helpful for me, whether it works for everybody else or not, I don't know, but I've – said to my doctor now if it's something that I really don't need to know and it's not going to affect me in any way just don't tell me anymore because mm-hmm. I don't I I've got that many things that I'm stacking up now like yeah literally I've run I'd run out of hands listing it all now and it's like I don't I don't need to know if it's not something that's going to affect me in any way by knowing or not knowing just do not tell me yeah because another one it's just like it's just the weight of it and sometimes they give it this these weird and wonderful names that you've probably never heard of Mm. and then they give you very vague i certainly do in my experience very vague 
like and what's the word <laughs> when they're trying to explain it they don't explain it very well and you feel like they don't, they don't break it down for you you, you didn't no, go to school yeah. for eight years you know to get a medical mm -hmm. degree that's where that's where Gemma for me self-education is key if they give you a diagnosis and something is your in your lab report is confirming the diagnosis, not so mm -hmm. much rely on what they're telling you per se, mm -hmm. because some doctors will get it right. Some doctors will get it wrong. Some doctors will just give you enough. But knowledge is key. You know, when I first found out about really understanding about hepatitis C mm -hmm. and, and that because I, I, I'll give you a quick story and I want to get back to your answer because I want you to be able to, to finish a answering the question. Um, but the big thing with patients like myself who were co-infected was liver mm -hmm. failure. I literally, I mean, it was a hundred percent across the board. The number one thing that's going to kill someone who is co-infected with HIV and hep C, the hep C will progress rapidly into cirrhosis and you will die. Mm -hmm. Uh, you'll die of heptocellular car carcinoma. Um, that was my fate. And so I had to do everything I knew I could. And Tim, I, we've talked about this, things that you can do to help regenerate your liver, healthy mm -hmm. stuff. You know, we, we remember the night we were talking about kombucha and dark kombucha. chocolate and flavonoids and all this stuff. Well, that's why I know all of that, because I'm self-educated. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but self-education sometimes can help you. I mean, um, I'm not saying get on Google and just start typing up and looking at everybody's doctor yeah. report. And, you know, I'm just saying, understand and then take mm -hmm. action but go ahead and finish answering yeah. your question oh i mean like certain things like that definitely you need to know if you if it's something that you need to know to change your life yeah mm -hmm. for sure i could do with picking your brain with the liver thing because my son was diagnosed with cirrhosis because mm -hmm. of the chemo and he's yeah. eight so i could do with that if that's all right because oh, the yeah. last thing i wanted to do was google it Mm -hmm. because i knew what it was going to show me number one so, thing to cut out sugar, sugar. oh and he's an eight-year-old he loves it <laughs> i know but but he can have natural sugars mm -hmm. not artificial sugars aren't the artificials yeah but yeah we can definitely connect after the show and i would be delighted to to give you some yeah. ideas and tips uh you can enjoy chocolate you just can't mm -hmm. have milk chocolate you know, there's things that you can do to insert into your diet mm -hmm. um, that are yummy and delicious, but you don't even know they're there. But, and, that's, um, uh, and that's really, uh, I like that we kind of started touching on the self-education uh, aspect. It Because I've touted that myself, um, you know, on this show several times, how every day I'm trying to learn something new about mm -hmm. myself in particular and, and mm -hmm. what I live with. Um, with alcoholism and with uh, pancreatitis. Um, now, luckily, uh, as long as I stay in a sober way, um, I will uh, be, you know, I will be able to live a normal, healthy life. But I had started reaching that point where I was killing my pancreas off, which, uh, which does not come back. And, and it's very, yeah. very vital. Pancreas um, does not regenerate like the liver. Right. Uh, and that was it. You actually, you know, taught me about the liver being the only thing that regenerated. Uh, I, I always did. I guess I just kind of lumped it in there. But the lungs, you know, if you if you if a smoker quits smoking, um, you know, they, they kind of 
start healing themselves, but maybe it's not uh, to the to the extent of what I'm thinking uh, as far as well. The tar and nicotine, the tar and nicotine stay in your lungs. Yes, you you may get, you may regain bronchial passageways, yes. but you you know you it did long. It's, it's the same thing with the liver, you know. But yeah, you you get what I'm saying. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Uh, so do you guys, you guys want to see, I know we're about 15 minutes. Are you going one hour, Tim? Yeah. We, yeah we All right. Do, about one do you hour. guys want to see one way that is a coping mechanism for me? Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. So here we go. So a lot of times at night, the wife is asleep. I come in here and I pop my headphones on and I just begin to play. And I'm not going to play like a long thing, but I'm just going to play you something that uh, I wrote this uh, little piece probably right after I graduated high school, which would have been 1999. And it's a very quick, short little piece, but it kind of gives you a little glimpse of what I was going through. You know, I was getting I was I was at the end of my teen years, getting ready to turn 20 straight straight into college. Knew my diagnosis knew everything that was stacked against me. I had the world at my fingertips, but I just didn't know how to get there. I didn't know who to reach to. I didn't know where to go. And music became an outlet. So I would just play for hours, hours, these melodies that would just loop over and over and over and just kind of play what my heart was hearing, you know, what my soul was hearing. That was awesome. Um, I can 100% get behind you on on music and uh, just the, the power that it has. Uh, I think most people in the chat too, everybody that I talk to, uh, has some 
pretty awesome connection with music in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a, a world, worldly renowned thing, um, and, and a great coping mechanism. It um, is. It's it's probably it's definitely my favorite, I think. Um, yeah. But I did also want to go back into the self education side of things because that yes, really please. does that really does help me cope in a way as well. Um, you know, learning more about yourself is the only way that I've been able to uh, put one foot in front of the other, so to speak, as you, as you were talking earlier, going forward instead of looking backwards um, and to, to keep that constant uh, peak in curiosity, if you will. Thanks. Oh yeah. Jeeves and Ella again. Thanks. Uh, thanks everybody again one more time. Let me just break away real quick and, and thanks everybody for the uh, for all the awards tonight and for all the support as always. Uh, Ella, uh, the active sponsor for us, um, and just having you guys here week in and week out is just such a blessing. And having all these great guests come on and join us, Gemma and I are just so very happy with how this show is coming along. Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually uh, watching a show where you interviewed me earlier, and we were just on episode 13 at the time, uh, and I and I had a chuckle um, about how far we've, we've come with this. It's just, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But thank you again, uh, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, uh, for everybody that, that stops in every week and says, and says hi, yeah. and everybody, everybody that wants to come on and join us. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, get back to it, though. Uh, with the with the self education, uh, it keeps it keeps me with that one foot in front of the other mentality, as you were talking about. And and it's a, a great. Uh, I don't want to say distraction because uh, I I don't try and distract myself from what's going on. Uh, I try and keep my energy going in a more positive way uh, to keep that, you know, with the journaling and everything that we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. I know you keep your journal closed by all the time. It's right here. So there it is. Um, yeah, I actually wrote in it today because I, it's, it's funny that you said that because the last week I was literally going right through the middle of some depression and anxiety myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, um, I did a lot of writing, a lot of writing. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it does help to get your thoughts out. I Absolutely. Journaling is, so. uh, and I'll say it once, we'll say it again. Journaling has been one of the most therapeutic things as far as, as my journey has been uh, concerned. Yeah. There's just, there's happen. nothing, there's not a whole lot you could say about the, the, or there's not enough you can say about the the power that there is behind putting your thoughts down on paper and then being able to go back and review it mm-hmm. whenever you want. Yep. Um, it doesn't have to be on paper either. I had to move to um, digital because yes. like the one thing I asked my, I said, you can attack any part of my body, but please don't take my hands. And it did. So like, yeah. So I've had to, re- I've had to turn to digital, but it's still the same thing. 
Yeah, I mean, as long as you're putting putting those thoughts down and, and able to go back and, and see how far you've come almost, you know, it's, it's the playbook for life, really. Can, can I share something about journaling right quick? Sure, absolutely. Um, and I'm not taking this down a crazy spiritual road, but a lot of times in my journal, I will write my prayers to God and I'll write my thoughts. And then I'll come back two years later and I'll reread something that I wrote on a cold, you know, morning in Florida. We have cold mornings, believe it or not, mm-hmm. um, that I'll go back and look and I'll see where my heart was at. I'll see what my thought was. And I'll look and be like, my gosh, he actually, that prayer was answered. And at the moment, it looked gloom and doom, like there's no end to this. But I'm reminded because I wrote it down and I can go back and remind myself, wow, you know, when things get crazy, life gets crazy. You can go back and look at your memoir and you can be like, man, he, God really had my back in the middle of that. And so um, for me, it's just another layer of something that I do for my mental health and well-being. And um, it doesn't have to be on the spiritual side of things, but just getting your thoughts out and mm-hmm. documenting them and then coming back, you know, maybe years later and just kind of reviewing and looking and seeing where you were, how you got through it and where you are now is a great reminder because it's in black and white. It's in your own writing. And <laughs> that's it's it's such a great, powerful thing. Again, mm-hmm. you, you know, that's the only aspect that I would actually actually recommend looking in a rearview mirror is looking in your own journaling. Yeah. So but in, in a lot of ways, it's not really it's not really looking into the past, so to speak. Uh, uh, yes, we're looking back at what we have done and, and how we handled a situation so we can move forward. It does yeah. have the end game of, of still moving forward. Yeah. Um, which is, which is hum- huge. Um, oh yeah. Especially in when we're talking mental health, um, it's just so important to, to log your thoughts and to check in with yourself daily and make sure that you're, aware of that depression that you were speaking of not letting it creep up on you not trying to subdue it not trying to mask it uh not not you know just embrace it know it's there know that you live with this and try and laterally process it some way uh into some kind of joy Uh, yep and and um well said just keep moving forward and keep moving yeah. forward like we've been talking about it it's a great theme for this episode um and and i'm glad we got uh to talk about that a little bit um we are coming up on about five minutes uh i would like to uh just one last question for you um and it's not really a question it's more of uh where where would you like to wrap this up like what what is one thought that you can give uh after we talked here for an hour and 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 you've shared so much uh you know where would you like to end this note um i think you know starting with the title is that you are not defined by your illness you are not defined by your diagnosis and (laughs) the cool thing about being a human on a planet on this blue speck of dust floating in the cosmos is that we're all designed to be connected we are born 
with the innate ability to connect to something. Mm -hmm. Even as infants, right out of the womb, a child will cling on to its parent's finger for life. We're designed to be connected as human beings. And a lot of times when you're suffering with mental illness and you're having chronic pain like myself and you're having all these afflictions and all these diagnoses and illnesses, it's so easy to let that consume you and make agreements with yourself in that, that you're not worthy, that you're not permitted, you're not good enough. And I'm here to tell you, that's just an agreement that you've made with yourself. That's all that is. When in fact you are designed to be connected. You're born to be connected. You know, it's, it's amazing because, you know, God didn't bring us into this world for us to live life on a desert island by ourselves. He designed us to connect with each other, to share our burdens. I mean, geez, whiz, guys. He, he, did, he had 12 disciples that he surrounded himself with, and he lived with every day. He kind of set the example there if you think about it. And so we're designed to have a tribe. We're designed to be connected. Whatever that is, whatever that may be for you, remember that. Because when, when your chips are down, you're, you wake up and you're not having the best of day, it's always great to just know that there's a tribe out there. There's a, there's a friend base out there that you can go to. And you can just vent to them and they will give you that good feedback back if they're true and just friends. And so for me, um, when I'm not having so good days, I do have that collection of people. I do have those friends that I will bounce things off of and be like, I'm not having a good day. I just, can you just be helping me in this way? Am I seeing this clearly? My thoughts are kind of like all over the place right now. Am I thinking clearly? Is this, is this right? And mm -hmm. for me, it's so important to remind myself that we're designed to be connected in everything that we do. We're always need to have a tribe. It's not just the Joe show or the Gemma show or the Tim show. It's the we show. We're here together doing this collectively as a body of people moving forward, not staring in the mirror by, back because we know the moment we take our eyes off the road, we're going to crash and burn. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you got to shatter the mirrors. You got to peel back the layers of the onion. You got to tear mm -hmm. down the walls and agreements that you've made with yourself that is hindering you. So remind yourself when you wake up and you're in these moments, I need to get a tribe. I need to yes. talk to my friends. I need to see what they're up to, see what they're thinking. And I need to just immerse myself with them. And you will feel better when you do so. That's awesome. Awesome. Support networks. Yes, sir. Education. And, and keeping your head up and looking forward, looking straight ahead. We can, we can remember that we can look back just to see how we handled certain situations. But the ultimate goal is to keep looking forward. That's Joseph, right. And Hannah in the room right now, Hannah Vienna, she is one of my sponsors. I love you, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're awesome. This is such a great community. I've said it on here before. Um, this, this can be, this, this HAPS platform can be such a, a, a tool for your own mental health as far as mm -hmm. the support network goes and the outreach that you can get. Um, it, it's just, it's an incredible thing. You can connect with so many people all over the world. Uh, Gemma, did you, did you have anything to wrap this up as well before we get out of here? 
It's best I don't say too much. I'm trying to hold it together, to be fair. <laughs> okay. This, this episode to really me. touched you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's that's awesome. Uh, I do want to uh, thank Joseph one more time for coming on the show. And thank you so much for sharing. If you want to get in touch with Joseph, is there what's the best way there, Joseph? Um, literally, if you see right here, uh, Joseph mm-hmm. Burke Arts, just pick one of these icons. And chances are you can reach me there at Joseph Burke Arts on all of those. Uh, but my primary is definitely on Instagram and Facebook uh, if you want to reach out to me there. But it's not very hard to find me at all. I'm the same username across all platforms. So there you go. And if you're curious about the music, if you look right here, there's a Spotify icon right there. If you just search my name, if you search my name in Spotify or on Amazon or on Google Music, wherever you get your music from, just search Joseph Burke. I have five studio albums that I have released with this inspirational music that I've composed. Awesome. Oh, wow. Yep. Excellent. Yes. Yes, uh, you may add uh, the bio link. Yes, you may. Yeah. We'll put that in our, our bio link yeah. um, so you can uh, reach out yeah. if you want, um, as long as you're cool with that, right, Joseph? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, wrapping this up, I'm going to do my, my normal spiel. We want to thank Ella, my bunny Valentine. You all know and love her. You know Puppy Cat. www.mybunnyvalentine.com and use the promo code FIREDUDE15 for 15% off your purchases. Uh, and it also lets Ella know that you're from the Haps tribe. And you mm. a few extra good. See what you did there. Also, see what you did there. Uh, yep. See, bring <laughs> it back together. Yeah. Man. Uh, also, we got Catalyst with Jim in Chicagoland in two short hours. Uh, a great Wednesday night program where we can all come and reflect and, and talk and, and listen, learn, and support, as he says. Um, if you're not asleep, but then some of us are already, already well rested. So, you know. <laughs> well, you you are across the pond, my dear. So you, you yes, are yeah. allowed to get some sleep. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, thank you again, Joseph. Thank you, Gemma. Hey, man. My pleasure. Again, thanks for bumping this back a couple of hours. Uh, you guys are just doing an amazing job here. You're shining a light on a part of who we are as a human that needs to be illuminated, and you're doing it with love, with honesty, and transparency. I, 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 you guys are going to go far with this. I can't wait to see where you want to be on episode 525 from now. So oh boy, good luck. Man. <laughs> thank you very much. And thank, thank you, you to the, thank you to the, the, uh, the audience as well. One, one more time for all the awards, support, love and, uh, uh constant, you know, friendships now that have come out of making this show. Uh, we have certainly a loyal, group of, of audience members um, and we're very grateful for it all right on behalf of Gemma and joseph and myself we're going to get out of here for the evening we'll see you guys yeah. later on and thanks for joining in bye guys yeah.